one and a two and a three and a uh. Episode number 16, doing this podcast from Datekoa Promotion Studios 1 in beautiful downtown Wichita, Kansas, and going out to the entire world. I am your host, El Gran Tommy Martinez, as always, ready to deliver yet another great episode of this podcast. It's available on Spotify, Apple Podcast app, Google Podcast, RSS Podcast, and many other of your favorite platforms. Welcome, yes, to my podcast. And we're in September, and this is episode number 16. Wow. I don't think this season we're going to reach at least 20 podcasts. This is probably the last episode for this season. And what a way to start it, I have to say, that Jimmy Buffett died. Not a Jimmy Buffett fan at all. Still, I have to recognize he was a great entertainer. People just loved him. I think they live vicariously through him. He was the embodiment of this guy that just was kicked back living his best life. I believe we covered a historical piece on this podcast where U2's Bono was on a plane with him leaving the Bahamas and they were shot at by uh, the local police there thinking that they were drug traffickers. That might have been Bono. (laughs) We don't know. But if somebody was shooting at Jimmy Buffett's plane, I'm going to bet it was a sound close to that. Oh, rest in peace, Mr. Jimmy Buffett. I've been kind of living my best life, too, here this past month. Little Jay came up here from Dallas with his mom and his stepdad. We went to KC to a Kansas City Royals game. Hung out here the rest of the Labor Day weekend. I even drank a beer. I hadn't drinking a beer. I'm, I don't know how long. But that was a lot of fun spending some time with him. And his stepdad, Vitito's a cool motherfucker. I like him a lot. I willed and me, my beautiful wife and I, also went up to the NASCAR race here uh, at the Kansas Speedway, courtesy of the Wounded Warrior Program. That was a phenomenal experience because we, as a group, as the Wounded Warrior Program group, were given the honor of presenting the flag on the field right there in front of the crowd, right there, right next to the pit stops. We were also given a tour of the garages and everything that happens behind the scenes at NASCAR. The coolest part, though, was when the B-2 stealth bomber flew over. When we were holding the American flag, that was extremely cool. Oh, and one last thing that I noticed while I was at NASCAR. Our nation's president doesn't have a lot of fans there. (laughs) There was a whole bunch of flags with the literal translation to Let's Go Brandon. 
<laughs> and on full display. Anyway, one last thing. My daughter has finally moved with her family down to Texas. They're going to be at a really great driving distance to go see my grandson as I try to impart all kinds of life lessons on them. That's going to be a lot of fun. Sure, why not? I think today's generation needs the kind of wisdom that I was taught back in the 1970s and the 1980s. See, the problem is back then you learn shit on your own by experiences. Nowadays, they learn shit Googling it on the fucking internet. That's why they have all this extra time for sensitivity and bullshit. Or as my dad says, today, men are no longer men. <laughs> They've turned into women. You know, <laughs> I think it's a really... It was a good time to segue into the email segment. And this one is coming from, uh, wait, hold up. Let me, what the hell I do with it? Okay, give me a second. Shit, let me, let me pull it out of my email here real quick because I put it on my paper. Okay, 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 here it is. And the uh, subject title on this is Rap News and Lyrics. And it's from a Corey D. Okay. Tommy, what happened to the hip hop history news and lyrics breakdown? portions of the podcast i especially love the rap definitions okay mr Corey. first of all thank you for the email and uh, second of all eh, i thinking that you're referring to the hip historic hip-hop rapizzle and uh, lyrics that'll blow your mind segments and if that is the case they haven't totally went away i haven't considered uh completely eliminating them i've just put them kind of on a hold for right now okay let me try to explain my own bullshit you see when these segments were created or better yet while these segments evolved into what they what they are now they're more of a reactionary bit or part of the podcast. In other words, when I laid down the basic foundation for this or kind of the information for these, for especially these two portions of the podcast, I had in mind I needed Adam to react to whatever I was saying because Adam really didn't know what was happening when he'd come into Datakoa Promotions 1 Studio here in Wichita, Kansas, by the way. So now that I don't have a partner to do this uh, podcast or I don't have a partner as great as Adam was, it's kind of difficult to do it on my own. The uh, rap definitions, as you call them, or whatever the uh, Urban Dictionary or the Hip Hop Rap Hizzle Dictionary had defined these terms was probably about 75-80% of the goofery going on on the Hip Hop Rap Hizzle segment alone. You see, there was two things that Adam didn't know very much about, which is kind of crazy to me because Adam knows all kinds of shit, was hip hop. And another thing is he really doesn't listen to lyrics. He likes the music. So when I found that out, I kind of created the lyrics that will blow your mind segment. And that's why these segments are not currently included in this phase of the podcast. These segments and a few others that were actually created to react to. Uh, he It was vice versa because Adam had segments that I would react to whatever he said. It was kind of a competition, sort of. And it just made it a lot of fun for both of us. Who came up with the idea for this podcast was my son. And we've explained this a thousand times. But that was part of what he taught me at the beginning of it. He said, Dad, we have to make it organic. We have to make it spontaneous because that's the dynamic between you and Adam. And it was a genius idea. You got to understand something, Corey. This podcast was created to entertain us. It so happens you and the rest of our Legion of listeners have benefited from that. Detail. 
Thanks. Thanks for the email. It's kind of hard to uh, explain your own bullshit, but yeah, sure. Why not? Who knows? Someday Adam just might return. Then we could dust off these old segments and go for it in a new and improved version. Hey, how about we forget that bullshit and let's move on. Today in Rockin' History, brought to you from the pages of History.com, Today in Music.com, SongFactsHistory.com, and Classic Bands. Started 60s style today. Wow, this is back from 1965. And this group is known as the Steam Packet. And if you haven't figured out whose raspy voice that was, that's Mr. Rod Stewart. Or he was better known at the time as Rod the Mod. Wow, very, very, very bluesy, insane. The Steam Packet with uh, Long John Baldry. I think that guy was uh, part of the Hoochie Coochie Man or something like that. And, of course, Rod Stewart, uh, Julie Driscoll, who was also vocalist in that group, and the Brian Auger Trinity. Historically in rock and roll, these guys are known as the first supergroup. Did various gigs, opened for the Rolling Stones in the mid-60s. But there were some problems with contracts and things like that that never really let them record formally an album on their own other than some live gigs that they had recorded here and there in London. At least that's the way I understood it. To be as frank as I always am, I just was reading through some things and I saw the name Rod Stewart pop up and I said, nice! Let's dive into some early Rod Stewart. Why not? Because Rod Stewart gets some shit nowadays, especially singing like the standards, as if he was Frank Sinatra or some shit like that. But no, if you don't know anything about Rod Stewart, Rod Stewart is a rocking dude. He was in the Small Faces, the Faces. I think he was also in those Hoochie Coochie Men. These are all early bluesy rock groups. And you could see where they all have this blues bass in common with the Stones and the Beatles, etc. Where all these British bands, where all these British singers were influenced by the blues. As a matter of fact, just like I Treat You, this song you just heard performed by the Steam Pack was a Willie Dixon tune. And Willie Dixon was an American blues performer. So you could start seeing how rock and roll is being shaped, how rock and roll is being sent out to the world with this American bass as it's launched out to the masses. Many of our Caucasian performers in the 1950s received the same kind of uh, inspiration. And in lieu of inspiration, we could throw in there maybe theft, maybe intellectual property hijacking, plagiarism, whatever you want to call it, from these black rhythm and blues artists. And we've seen it done by many performers to include Led Zeppelin. So the lesson here is, if it works, do it. It worked for Rod Stewart at the beginning. And when you get caught, you just pay the royalties later. This weekend, oh yeah, Kiss!
This is Mr. Ace Frehley out of his solo Kiss album. Talking about bluesy songs. This is nice. There you go. That's the title. Speeding back to my baby. Wow. 1978. September the 18th, 1978. Ace Fraley was one of the four KISS band members to release a solo album. It was all part of this cockamamie idea where all four would release their own solo album. Because even though they had great commercial success, KISS was having their own internal conflicts and were kind of coming apart. So KISS management comes up with this idea. The craziest thing to come out of this idea is Ace Frehley made the best of the four solo albums after his bandmates even doubted he could complete the project on his own without any help. In my humble opinion, especially when it comes to the Kiss Kingdom, Ace Frehley is the architect behind a lot of the lead work in all the Kiss songs. The songs that established this immense fan base. This early following that still carries on to this day. But leading to the time of this solo album, he really didn't get a lot of respect, even though he wrote songs like Shock Me, Parasite, Cold Gin. Now that I mention Cold Gin in Ace's book, No Regrets, he mentions Cold Gin then mentions the irony of having that song actually performed by Mr. Gene Simmons, since Mr. Gene Simmons was one of those squares, quote-unquote, that didn't partake in any chemical happiness, i.e. he didn't drink, i.e. he did not do any kind of drugs, especially at the quantities that Mr. Ace Fraley is famously known for. So you could say that this album of the four KISS members dedicated to each other, right, is Ace's uh, Take That In Your Face revenge album. I personally think that's what gave him the confidence and the boost to go out and create his band, Fraley's Comet, where they not only perform New York Groove, which is uh, probably Ace's signature song, even though it's a cover song, by an obscure glam rock band called Hello, Fraley's Comet also has an awesome song titled Rock Soldiers. Not on this album, though. So in a certain way, it's pretty fair to say that the underdog, in this case Ace Fraley, had his day. It's also fair to say that he really didn't reach that level of success or didn't see that level of success that he enjoyed while he was in KISS. That's not a bad thing to have on your resume. Plus, I would think that enjoying whatever you have coming from your royalties, from your work that you performed in KISS and touring with your own band without a lot of pressure, that's a pretty good thing. Sure thing. Ace Fraley, still beloved by many a KISS fan, to include me. That was a good history piece. Uh, you know what? I think I am going to do one more history piece. How's that?
And this is Iron Man. But done by Green Day. Yeah, that was a medley. I'm not going to play the whole thing. You want to check it out? You go on YouTube. I think they uh, also handle Sweet Child of Mine and a Blitzkrieg Bop from the uh, Ramones on that one clip. September the 21st of 2012, when Green Day set is cut short at the iHeart Festival in Las Vegas, lead singer Billy Joe Armstrong seemed to have issue with that. Let's all jump aboard on the Tommy Without Adams podcast, Time Machine, and take a listen. Go ahead and tell him, Billy. Are you fucking kidding me? What the fuck? I'm not fucking Justin Bieber, you motherfuckers. <laughs> I don't think so. <laughs> On this bill with Green Day was no doubt Rihanna, Little Wayne, Jason Aldean, and Usher. With the festival running long, organized cut the punk trio set about 20 minutes short to make way for Usher. (laughs) You gotta love it. Oh, here's the sad part about it, though. (laughs) As punk rock as that moment was, Billy Joe had to issue an apology. Oh, come on. That was so good. (laughs) He should have said, I'm not fucking Usher. It's time now for Hashtag What the Frijoles (laughs) Oh wow I love history (laughs) Public restroom stalls And the messages that are written On their walls We've all seen them We've all read them We've all chuckled at them (laughs) Actually there's a lot of wisdom Coming from them as well I'm not fucking Justin Bieber. I have to stop for a second. Give me a second. Give me a second. Okay. Okay. This is according to BoredPanda.com. It says, Public toilets were famously popular in the Roman Empire. Romans were also fond of graffiti. I didn't know that. The fact that people scribble stuff inside bathroom stalls is thus a historical inevitability. Wow. What a long word. It's a miracle I pronounced it at the first go. Anyway. Romans, Mayans, Vikings, and Veriginians. <laughs> I'm not going to push my luck. Left their names and funny messages wherever they went. Hagia Sophia, 
Mm. They probably mean the Hagia Sophia. Still bears the name of Halvden, who carved it while in the employ of the Byzantine Emperor. Byzantine. That's uh, for those who don't know shit about history. The Byzantine Emperor or Empire is the Turks, basically. So Turkey and that region right there, Istanbul, etc., etc. Now let me see if I got Byzantine right, because usually I fuck that one up. Let me summon the Almighty Tommy without Adam pronunciation machina byzantine in the zone <laughs> i really can't recall who this halvin guy is he carved his name in basically in the mosque because that's what the hagia sophia is it's a mosque i think now was it in the toilet of the mosque well according to the story yeah so let's just hope that a uh, bored panda has their shit together now also those who don't understand what centuries ago mean that just means a very fucking long time that people have been writing stuff on the toilet walls so it's only natural that it has evolved to what it has become today so while we're trying to push last night's dinner out or release the burning stream after an evening with a person of questionable sexual integrity, our generation today has put some whoppers on those toilet tiles. And oh yes, it goes way further than here I sit alone and broken hearted because we all know that's probably the most famous one. Brace yourself for a few new ones that I have here. This first one is, if you're feeling kind of down, maybe uh, a little bit uh, short on self-esteem, you peek to the left, grab yourself some toilet paper, right? And the wall says to you, if you ever feel powerless, just remember that a single one of your pubic hairs can shut down an entire restaurant. I hope that's not a suggestion. (laughs) Some people may take that as a suggestion to test their newfound power. If you're short on inspirational messages to write on, let's say, a birthday card or maybe a retirement card, something to lift a person's spirit up, maybe somebody who's sick, you might find this next one very, very useful. May your life be like a roll of toilet paper, long and useful. That'll kind of pump you up. I mean, as a matter of fact, I'm going to write this down to jot it down on some card that my wife makes me write before we head out to a party or something. This next one is for those who like to be part of something, like to be included in a bigger whole than them. Whole as W-H-O-L-E, okay? It says, our butt cheeks have touched the same surface. We are one. We are brothers. That one would be good for uh, football, football players and other team sports. <laughs> who knows? Maybe, maybe they have a new team member. Needs to be included somehow. Poetry. Poetry is a big deal. When it comes to the walls of the public turd ejection rooms, check this one out. You can paint this bathroom stall, mask the writing on this wall, hide the tits once here etched, cover up the dicks we've sketched. But no matter how you strain, all your efforts end in vain. Every word will be rewritten long as man still sits here a-shitting. Eat your heart outs, William Shakespeare, Emily Dixon, Robert Frost, Maya Angelou. <laughs> try, try to come up with something better than that. Now, I'm going to share one that was sent to me by a good friend of mine. I'm going to throw him under the bus here, but he was kind of the guy who uh, gave me the idea for this story. Uh, we'll just call him Anthony. And uh, if you have any great ones or you come across any uh, grand public restroom stall artistic expressions... 
please, I beg you, email them to TommyAndAdamPod at gmail.com. Okay, without further ado, here's the one from Anthony. Evidently, somebody who had some kind of a political message and decided to to express it while uh, he or she was taking a dump so the next person could uh, receive it and hopefully uh, to pass it on. This genius wrote, freedom is education, not indoctrination, as in being told. Somebody with authority issues probably wrote that piece of philosophy. Now, a topic that I didn't cover here on uh, on this segment, some stall scripture merits or beckons response, as was the case here. So to give validity to the word freedom, since it's education, another person draws a ball sack <laughs> with pubes and everything, and they write underneath it, freedom is letting your balls hang out. <laughs> it was so graphic. <laughs> there you go right there, damn it. <laughs> that was this week's or this episode's hashtag what the frioles. <laughs> I may have to put this picture that Anthony sent me on the description of this podcast. Man, what a great what the frioles to close out season four of this podcast. Now let's finish it off. Good times, bad times. I'm the Tommy and Adam Martin. There you go. Closing it out with the bad times as we always do, or as I always do in this case. Oh, wow. It's a lot of bad times. Evidently, it wasn't enough that Mr. Jimmy Buffett died this month. Aerosmith had to cancel their tour. Springsteen had to cancel his. U2 is doing a residency out in Las Vegas without Larry Mullen, their drummer. Pantera pulled out of the Aftershock Festival this year in Sacramento due to circumstances beyond our control, according to the band. That's not good for those fans. On top of all that, heavy rains and thick mud stranded thousands at this year's Burning Man Music and Arts Festival in the Nevada Black Rock Desert. Shit. That was like 70,000 people were stranded in that desert. It's this huge storm. What are the chances of that happening? It really wasn't a good month for rock and roll, was it? But for me, the worst of all the bad times happened at the Oklahoma State Fair at the Vince Neil Show. For some reason, I didn't think a lot of people cared about it because it didn't show up on my news feed. It, it didn't show up on my YouTube rock news feed. And the headline, according to Ultimate Classic Rock, was shooting outside Vince Neil concert leaves one critically injured. Vince Neil's Saturday night performance at the Oklahoma State Fair was cut short after a shooting broke out in a nearby building. Was somebody at the 4-H club pissed off? Did somebody's cow not make it to the final three best cows in the state? Now, out here in the Midwest, these state fairs have become the premier venues for these geezers of rock concerts. Out here in Kansas, we had uh, Ja Rule (laughs) and Rob Schneider handling the comedy. But yeah, Vince Neil, he's coming out of these huge stadium shows to go out to the smaller venues with his own band. I think that's pretty cool. Plus, it shouldn't cost that much to produce. Anyway, Neil put out on his social media... 
three-fourths of the way through our set, people started running. We were told to get in the dressing room. There were shooters shooting people. See, and that clarification needed to be made because you're in Oklahoma. There's all kinds of shooting going on down there. Neil's set had begun at 8, and roughly about an hour later, that's when people started running, as soon as the gunshots rang out. The good news, it was an isolated incident, had nothing to do with Vince Neil or his singing. Neil ended his tweet with, thankfully, we are all okay. Thanks to everyone who came out. Please stay safe. You know, at least he put something out. <laughs> he didn't leave anybody hanging before he went back to the Motley Crue Def Leppard shows that they still have pending for the remainder of the year. So bad times for the Oklahoma State Fair and for that one person that got critically injured. Good times, good times. Let's see if I can find any. Okay, here it is right now. Megadeth eject security mid-song. <laughs> <laughs> and the citation is, what a bunch of pussies. Now, Dave Mustaine has been known for not mincing word, and he doesn't give a shit who he's dealing with. At the recent Megadeth show in Bloomington, Illinois, while they were playing Symphony of Destruction, he noticed that there's a scuffle going on in the front between the hired security for his show and some concert attendees. They were playing Symphony of Destruction. That's, that's one of Megadeth's top songs. And he stopped the damn song and went off on these people. Now, check it out. I'm going to play you a portion of it. Dudes, don't be fucking hitting people. All right, that's totally uncool. Hey, fucking stop hitting that guy. down there he's pointing their finger he's pointing his finger at him <laughs> like he's their kids or something okay i'm not gonna play anymore until those guys are escorted out of the building so just hang on a second that was so fucking unnecessary that was so fucking unnecessary you guys you're supposed to make us what's on the back of your shirt safety it should say no fucking safety because you guys are punks and you shouldn't have fucking hit that guy Four of you on one guy, what a bunch of pussies. Your mom would be so fucking embarrassed by you. Okay, get him out of here, I'm leaving. Get him out of here. I don't, I don't want to fucking hear that they're in the back. I want them out of here. That's the way it's done. Fans first. I'm definitely going to post that video link to the description of this podcast. It's pretty great. Called them pussies. That's four guys beating up one guy. Man, who knew? Dave Mustang, Metal Messiah. Hell, those weren't good times. Those were excellent times, baby. Woo, season number four is over. As always, I want to thank the Legion of Listeners and the fans and whoever else subjected themselves to this podcast. I really appreciate it. Keep in mind, life is not that serious. Know anything else I have said on this podcast? Question everything and don't believe anyone. Do your own research and come to your own conclusion. Again, search with the keywords the Tommy and Adam Hard to Name podcast. Listen to us on all the major digital streaming platforms. Activate the notification icon to be notified when we're online. Write a comment, share it with a friend, but mostly with an enemy. I am your host and Gran Tommy Martinez, and you are listening to the Tommy and Adam Hard to Name podcast. Remember to always play it often, play it loud, but play it. <laughs> <laughs>